Okay, Danny, have you seen... It's like future forecaster on TikTok who does these little outfit videos. I have not. Okay, this is my current TikTok obsession. Okay. She went viral overnight, and it just, I just think she is so wonderful. Okay. So she basically, she goes, get ready with me. And every day, <laughs> every day, <laughs> every day she um, she's like, let's get some water, a hairbrush, and don't forget about curl refresher. And then she like sprays it in her hair, and then, it just, then she brushes it out so it's less curly, but... The okay. curl refresher's there. That's not important. <laughs> um, and then and then she always has a theme for the day for outfit. All that to say, this is not the important aspect. And <laughs> and then she always does eight crystal bracelets for different meanings. And then okay. she also makes a care pouch of crystals, um, which she puts right here in her secret pocket. <laughs> and she says all of their meanings are according to Aluna. And I and then I and she was like, if you don't know what that is, check out my pinned video. And I was like, well, I got to check out what that is. Like, I thought that was some, like, crystal company. I don't know. Um, (laughs) More things are coming up. But um, (laughs) she has one crystal. It's a black obsidian to prevent misfortune. Of course. If you're a crystal person, that is great. Like, I'm not trying to downplay that. But You're kind of shitting on crystal. No, I'm not not trying to. Um, She was like, my black obsidian (laughs) to prevent misfortune. And then it broke. And I was like, no. And she was like, all of the evil energy is coming out. Again, that's what you, that's totally she, fine. Sorry, before you continue, she's not being ironic. This is like not she, at all. Okay, great. And she just clearly just has a wonderful heart and is like just a blast. Okay. But um, so then she was like, "Check out my pin video," and so I was like, "I'm gonna check out this pin video," and she was like, "Aluna is a religion that I created," and I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm so in," and she was like, "So let me let me tell you about it." And basically, I wish we could just, like, play the video on here, but we're not going to do that. We might be able to. (laughs) Hold on. Pause for three seconds. I'm writing a book about elves, or as I call them, Alakai. This book gave me an excuse to create my own religion. My whole life, I didn't know what to believe in, but I think I've got it now. The Alakai religion is called Aluna, and Aluna teaches that all earth gods are real. And that's because the energy of people's belief has made them real. You can pray to any god or spirit and have an equal chance of being answered. You can even make a new god, and that god is just as valid as any other god. And even if you worship other gods, you are still respecting Aluna. Aluna also agrees that there is magic in earthly things such as crystals, herbs, even animals. There is a witchcraft side to Aluna. And Aluna witchcraft is so much fun. You're free to make your own altars, shrines, and spells however best suits your goals. Now I can, and I plan to, talk about the Aluna meanings of crystals and herbs, but in reality, what's important for Aluna is what they mean to you. If a regular rock you found on the street means cleansing and prosperity, then it shall be because your energy of belief makes it so. Aluna mainly worships the god Time who created the universe because a universe like ours cannot exist without time to tick, even though our measurement of time is completely a social construct. Aluna says that before time created this universe, there was a multiverse ruled by a cruel god, and that time escaped to create a place where souls could choose their paths in life. That suffering would not have to be the norm. That happiness and prosperity would be possible. And that by asking your spirit guides for help, you too could find your own place of happiness, even in the most difficult of times. 
The only worship Aluna asks for is to say good morning and good night to a shrine to the stars. Because to become a star, you are the ultimate caregiver to others, and you are a part of the Universal Council, and you are closest to the realm of souls, the original universe. So simply say good morning and good night to a shrine to your stars, and even that part is optional. You do not have to. You can say prayers to the stars, whether it's at your bed or at your shrine. And even if the stars do not answer, it is most likely that a guardian spirit will. In case you're interested, I have a shrine to the stars, and I would be happy to share it with you. It's also a shrine to my family lineage, which helps guardian spirits find me. And maybe this sounds like complete gibberish to you, and that's fine. But... I personally need a religion to believe in, and this is what I found. Let's chat about it. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. A video might have played right there. That would have been amazing. That'd be cool. If it didn't, I'm going to tell you basically what it says. Um, so she goes. <laughs> so basically, she goes through all of these like different aspects, and then she says like, so she'll be like, in Aluna, all God like. The God of all the Bible, or I'm sorry, the God of all religions is the same God. And then she's like, but honestly, if you don't want to believe in a God, don't worry about that part. And then she's like, and then she's like, um, also, it's just important that you pray to a shrine, an all in a shrine, unless you're not into that. Like, so basically, like, the whole point is that she goes through all of these different aspects of this religion that, like, she created and every step of the way, she would, like, say something, and then she would be like, but honestly, like, no sweat. Like, that's optional. Yeah, it's like, low barrier to entry. And just everything is optional. Yeah. Um, And I, I was just really struck by that because, I mean, one, I, it was just it, it was just fascinating. Like, she really thought about every aspect of this religion, which I was like, good for you, dude. But also, like... The idea that everything was optional, there was this very, like, it. what, like, there's a very low stakes entry. Mm. And I think sometimes, I know sometimes that people see deconstructors as, like, just fighting for everything to be optional. Mm. And so I guess what, like, what I'm wondering or processing, this is the question that I want to hear your perspective on. What do you think she, Emily, her name's Emily, Emily, future forecaster, is missing out on by having a completely optional religion. Yeah. That's really interesting. I also, before I get into that, I would have never thought, and maybe this is naive, but, or an oversimplification on your side, maybe, but like, yeah. I don't know that I would have thought that that's what people think about deconstruction. It's like they're trying to make more things optional. I wouldn't um, have made that connection, but I think maybe the more I sit on it, like it yeah. sounds maybe like, I mean, optional, the, everyone says, like, like, you're picking and choosing. Yeah, pick, yeah. So, you're trying to, like, create your own thing, I guess. But uh-huh. DIY. DIY it. DIY it. Um, <laughs> so optional. In my and... <laughs> um, but, so what do I think? It, like, what was the question? Why? What do you think that Emily, future forecaster, might be missing out on? And Emily's elf. Let's be, let's be real. Um, I don't need to be real. I need to be thinking about optionalness. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok trends don't work on podcasts. But you need to make that into a little clip. Yeah, especially once they're like three months old. That is whatever three months old trends are is currently what I'm like. <laughs> this is the trend. Okay. <laughs> um, right. Like what, what would someone out miss out on by having a faith that is completely every aspect is optional? 
That's such an interesting question that I, so. Took your breath away. Take your breath away. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a really good question. I think I'd rather say, what are you missing out on by making Jesus optional? Like all the other stuff I think is extra confetti, right? So it's like, I think Jesus is not optional, but I also think Jesus manifests himself in ways that can be made found in like Buddhism and Hinduism and all these. So I think Jesus is, important and essential now when i think like so it's like are you making like going to church optional like great don't go to church like be in christian community like don't go to the sunday meeting like i don't think that's like reading your bible like optional not optional like i think there's benefit that comes out of praying to a shrine like you said like i mean people pray to a rosary that's a shrine like people create Mm -hmm. their icons is what christians have used to create a word that's a different word from idol but the exact same thing uh that was very harsh (laughs) i'm not a big icon guy but uh, (laughs) you can can not be an icon guy and not Say they're idols. Yeah, I think they might be idols. I think some of them might be. Uh, I think but, they have the potential to be. Sorry. So Turning I think, into an idol fight. <laughs> so I think there's a lot of optional things, right? So uh-huh. it's like when you, from when I hear her thing, what she's really trying to do is help people consider the idea. And I've never watched a video. Of right. So I'm going to go should. watch it now. But I'm interested, like, is she trying to help people understand they're more eternal beings, that they're more spiritual mm. beings, like, and that all this other stuff can get in the way of distracting that. So she's like, hey, if you want to pray to this thing, and that's going to help you get there. Do it. If not, here's another mechanism. So I think there's different okay. routes to the same thing. I think when we look at, like, when I look at the lens of my faith in Jesus, like, I have faith in Jesus, right? So right. it's like, I don't have faith in uh, Cthulhu. Uh, I don't have faith in a flying spaghetti monster. Yeah. So it's like certain things aren't negotiables for me. Okay. If that makes sense. For you. Like, but you, so, but you said Jesus can be like found in Buddhism or Hinduism or whatever. So it's like, to me, that's just like a fancy way of like saying that it's optional. I, sure. I think maybe I would say like, if Jesus can be the non-negotiable, right. And that Jesus can be found up in many other ways. Like, I think if. I mean, you're a reform person, right? So if Jesus wants you, he's going to get you, right? I'm going to get you. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I have Speaking a, my language. I have <laughs> a pretty deep trust in the sovereignty of God that God's... Because I'm, like, I, I don't know. I've never found myself in the camp of universalist. But, like, I'm also, like, I think God created humanity. And, yeah. like, I want to be in relationship with everyone, right? And so, like, why would God throw half or more of his population out? So I think God's going to get what God wants. If God's desire is to be in eternity with God's own creation. Then right? God has to overstep our, our will to if he if he wants to get what he wants. Oh, I don't believe that. So what I was going to say, I think that means God has different mechanisms to get in there. So like if if God's relationship with us or Jesus isn't the optional portion of that, like oh. I view that as like God is going to give us multiple opportunities, whether it's in life, postmortem, whatever. Okay. You view it as God, the only mechanism for me to have that is by God to force me to have it because it's not compelling in any other way other than God to force me to no, have it. No, that's not, that's not exactly what I'm saying. I think it's, it's so compelling that one would argue it's barely your will. My wife was so compelling, but <laughs> I saw the choice to choose her. Point. 
That's fair. That's fair. Love you, Annie. <laughs> I can't tell you how much she hates being mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> I have to do a better job not bringing her up. Uh, she gets well. Sometimes I bring her up. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, "Do you she, think God made your wife for you?" Yeah, she doesn't care about that, but she gets mad when I bring her. She would never get mad at me. She loves you too much. It's fair. She just tolerates me. Uh, <laughs> so, but I think um, that's maybe my yeah. best analogy I've come up with. Uh, that I do think okay. that like something can be really compelling, but not. Like, just because something's compelling doesn't mean that it's disingenuous, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think something being so compelling that you can't say no to it means it's disingenuous. Right. I th- it, I, well, that's honestly a side conversation, but now I forgot what the main conversation was. I don't know. I'm sorry I said that was a side conversation because now I'm stuck. I know this is wild because this is the episode we've drank the least before, and so, <laughs> um, so I I think it's in, in like in terms of the idea of like Jesus being found in everything, right? Like yeah. God wanting us and what is optional, what's not optional. Yeah. So like when I go to that, like I think, like I'm a Christian, like I'm not a Buddhist yeah, that's pastor, right? Yeah. So it's like there has like, but. When I look at, like, to your initial question, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's certain things that are, like, we meet in a brewery. We don't meet in a right. place with pews. That's optional. I actually still think, Dustin and I were talking about this before, and, like, he has a friend that does a church that's all digital. So, like, is the physical space. That's optional. Like, there's certain things. I think community. I think Jesus. I think surrender. I think those things are hard to make not optional Mm -hmm. but i think everything else is like human construction around it so when it goes to your friend i think what she's or not your friend but the person on tiktok bestie uh what i think is interesting about her and i again know nothing about her it seems from your telling of her story she's trying to make spirituality accessible now she maybe like is doing a joke and it could be a whole bit but i think it's like really like from what you described if it's not a bit then it's like this is her thing trying to be like, hey, I want people to have some level of a spiritual existence. Right. And I'm going to try to make it accessible to you. And I and think that's real. That should be applauded for what it is. I think I have maybe more non-negotiables, but I appreciate that she's trying to engage people on a spiritual basis. Yeah, I do feel like I maybe presented it a little bit mockingly. And I I actually, when I saw it, the reason why I like wrote it down as something we might talk about on this podcast is because it's compelling. Like yeah. to me, it's compelling to hear these – this is what it felt like. It felt like, uh, I'm just going to say it. It felt like offering a lot of tools, but none of them you had to use. Love tool analogies. <laughs> but it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it was just, she was like, if a shrine helps you, great. If this, and that is so different than from like the Christianity that I walked away from. I would. I think that's exactly what I was trying to say on the last episode. Okay, interesting. Was that there's a wider swath of tools available, and they're in front of you. And my challenge, the question I was trying to ask you if I didn't articulate it well, and so if you didn't listen to last week, you should go back and listen to it. But was like, what is? Because this sounds like you're like, oh, there's so many tools, and I want to explore them. And I guess my question was like, what would prevent you from picking up those tools? And I think this is an interesting thing to be like, there's a lot of these tools in front of you. And like, are you interested then hearing this woman? Like, do you, you have those tools now? You just articulated that that's yeah. dope that there's a lot of tools. Are you interested in using them or is it cool that there's just tools in front of you? 
That's that's a phenomenal question. Both, but like uh-huh. right now, I don't know, man. Tools were never toys. Like tools were never yeah. low stakes. Yeah, like you're, you're like building a guns. freaking. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, but it's like I'm building a freaking dresser. Like it's not like. I'm playing with my play tools on some like two by four that someone handed me yeah. to just like explore. Mm. Does that, is that fine? Yeah, I will like, I'll own this as like a buy, like in the last two episodes we've done. Like, I think I, the level of baggage you carry with things, I have a hard time resonating with. And so mm. that was a helpful way for you to articulate because it helps me okay. understand more of where you're, because like I'm, like, and I don't really think this, but sometimes, like, just get over it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, nice. in my mind. Okay. Uh, and I would, I don't say it to no, you. No, but no, no, sometimes, no, I like, I, and this is me as a human as a whole. Like, I have right. a hard time wrestling with empathy. Like, when I see people in any place, it's like, and I see the solution. I was like, come on, guys. Uh-huh. Uh, so, but that's a helpful way to articulate it. Because, like, for you, it wasn't even about the tools you use. It was about the the complexity and the importance of the project. Right. Yeah. And it's so, like if crayons were always how you wrote like important work documents, yeah. <laughs> then the coloring feels like stressful. Right. Yeah. You're not like just coloring family portraits. You're like, this is like my like, calligraphy pen. Yeah. 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 No. I so that's, that's, hel- that's helpful for me to hear uh-huh. in the sense of that because it gives me a better lens to where you're coming from because. It's no like, and this is something that's been interesting. Like, your whole journey has been very much like the Shrek onion, right? Like, we're peeling back layers yeah. to all this. And this is an interesting layer that I had not yet been confronted with in terms of helping me better understand where you're coming from. Yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, though, like, play devil's advocate about what I just said, though. Get in there. Because I just finished this beautiful book um, called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabriella Zevin. Okay. Fantastic. It's about video games. I'm not a video game girl, but yeah. like, what are you gonna get on Goodreads? Five. No, Great. no question. Um, actually, so it's about it's like about these two game designers. I'm gonna get to my point, but this is a funny side story, and <laughs> and they talk a lot about like virtual worlds and just like how that is like a way to escape or heal from the physical world. Like it's just very deep. It like makes video games deep. Okay. And so I was getting my hair done yesterday, and. <laughs> And I was texting my siblings, and I was like, do we still have our Nintendo DSs? <laughs> and so my brother drives to the salon, I'm like foils in hair, right? I come out, get this Nintendo DS, and I'm just like, thank you so much. You don't understand why this matters to me right now. And I played it last night, and I it was it. it was very – I've never been like into it. And I'm not like going to start like, – I'm not like a hardcore gamer now, but it was just like – it's kind of a fun thing. Anyway mm. – one thing that the book says is she talks about – she's talking about Gen Z. And she says what's so interesting about this group is everything is trauma-informed and everything is like – she was like they talk all about their traumas so they never leave their past. And I think like I was – I'm not trying to say don't talk about your trauma. Like please don't hear any of that. But what hit me and was maybe a little bit convicting to me is like how long are you going to stay there? Like you can never move past it when you stay there. Yeah. So it's like in your sense of like get over it, it's kind of like, I don't know. Like what do you do 
to start to get over it? Like, do you just mm. conversion therapy it or no? That's not what I'm trying to say. Um, what is a immersion? You meant that in the best sense of the word. No, like, no, no. Yeah. Um, I feel terrible that I said that. And like, immer- what is it? EMBR. Exposure therapy. Like, you know, when someone's like, I'm just going to do it. Like, if you're yeah. scared of spiders, you're going to jump into a pit of spiders. Like, yeah. Like, is that the answer? Because I don't have the capacity for that right now. Yeah, I don't know that's the answer. But I, as you were saying that, I just listened to a TikTok actually from like a sports talking head about, uh-huh. he's talking about the Los Angeles Lakers. And he was quote, he said something like, there's a quote that you sh- you're you allowed to look at your past, but you shouldn't stare at your past. Hmm. And he was talking about how the Lakers are like remembering who they were. And they've just like created like every year. It's like just crappier versions of who they like. They're getting worse and worse because they remember who they were when they won a championship a few years ago. Yeah. And but they've like kept the team. They've tried to retool it. And I think that's an interesting thing to what you're saying is like dwelling and staring at it and being like, this is where I was is probably not helpful. Like remembering and recalling and glancing is different than fixating. But I think the, to your question of like, how do you move? Like, how do you move on? Because even, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's like, even if I'm not staring at it, it still affects me going into the forward, the future. Yeah, I think that's right. Like, but it's the same thing, like, we've used my divorce as an example, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. – I, like, if I fixate on my divorce or stare at my divorce, that's a different thing, right? Yeah. That's like, And if I recall it, it's different than dwelling on it. Um, And that being a not equally maybe, like, traumatic – like, your religious experience, my divorce, like, they have – they've had overlap yeah. in the traumatic experience of those. So, I don't, like, I, I don't think that di- – like, exposure therapy doesn't work. You tried it. You came to the well. I mean, I don't. You know did exposure there. You you did you expose yourself to everything you ever wanted, and it didn't solve the problem. So like, and we've talked about this before. I think there's a deeper rooted issue. Yeah. And so I think it's much more than expose. Like, I think it's. Have you said this? Maybe I just made a TikTok about this. I think it's deeper in your heart. Is the thing that you need to explore rather than like your hands doing certain things or your mind believing certain things, I think. And so I don't have a great answer for you, but I think like you've explored what does it mean to do faith in my mind? Uh And it left you dissatisfied. Yeah. You got to explore what it was like to do faith with your hands and it left you dissatisfied. I think there's something in your heart that needs to be mind. Yeah. I think that, I think that's, wow. I never really thought of the well as exposure there because it was like, it's obviously much healthier. Like I don't think of the well as a pit of spiders. Do you know what I'm trying to yeah, say? Yeah, but it's like if you're like, say I've never eaten candy in my life. I'm like, well, I'm going to throw myself into a patch <laughs> of Sour Patch Kids, right? Like, that sounds wonderful, yeah. but it also will kill you. It, so it's a great thing. But think about like you you went full bore into it. And you – and this is a different – like just as an – like you produced great content. People resonated with – like what you gave yeah. out wasn't n- negative, but what it inputted to you wasn't positive. Like, and you found yourself two-ish months later, three, four, maybe, maybe, maybe longer than that, somewhere in there. But you, like, you were like, this didn't do what I thought. And, but it was yeah. for, it's it's an extreme statement to call it exposure therapy. But you but were I like, get what you're you, were, you were texting me about doing kids ministry. You were preaching. Yeah. You were on a, a team I was trying to form for sermons. Like, you were as invested as Absolutely. one could have been. Yeah. So you were as exposed as you could have been. And so I think. 
that's proof that that's i would if i was advocating for you or for anyone that's watching or listening don't do exposure i don't think that's the right answer yeah because it's like it's like it's interesting because last episode you were like i don't get why you threw the baby out with the bathwater. but it's like if you ate a bunch of sour patch kids (laughs) and then you threw up and then you were like well, F Sour Patch Kids forever. Yeah. And you're like, Sour Patch Kids, Sour Patch Kids were never the issue. <laughs> yeah, it was like you had 900 of them in 20 minutes. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. But it's like that, I mean, but again, like it doesn't, you still taste the bile when you eat a Sour Patch Kid to be graphic. Yeah, no, I think that's interesting to process too is like whatever, there are no other places in my life where I take analogies so far. It's really funny. Uh, but, like, when you eat something, consume something, like, yeah. that you still have that, like, reaction. You, the physical – you've talked about your body a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, my, how does my body feel? Yeah. How does my body respond to this? And, like, you have a visceral reaction to church. You have a visceral reaction to binging Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> so, uh So I, th- I think that's an interesting thing to think about. It's, like, you can't – disconnect the feeling that comes from the old experiences you had but i think there's also some level of like rewriting those neuropathways to like create healthier experiences as well but yeah 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 huh i think that's really like a very interesting analogy that really hits home Hmm. because it's like i don't half-ass anything in my life you know what i'm saying i agree with that (laughs) for you (laughs) if it like that then you get it's like I don't, it's just, I don't know. That's just like how I live my life. And so you can get burnt out from things so easily and go to other extremes. Yeah. Were there other things in your life that you had not half-assed, but had fizzled out on before church, like before Presbyterianism? I mean, that was like the biggest one. Um, I guess my underlying – do you think that's, like, a, a, a habitual thing for you, or do you think it's, like well, – None of them held as much emotion and as much, like, lens weight. Sure. Does that make sense? Like, Yeah, that, it was your worldview. That was, like, the huge one. So I'm thinking of, like, smaller examples. For sure, there have been times, where like, I've done something too much, and then it just, like, I got sick of it. Like, I'll say, like, stand-up comedy. Like, I still do comedy, but, like, in the summer, I was there – I was at Mike's every night, like, never stopping. Yeah. And there was a time where I was like, oh, my God. Like, and, like, I was treating it like a job. And I was like, this isn't a job. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, you have to. But you also have other things in your life, too, like, 100%. that have, like, filled some of those spaces. Absolutely. But the point being, like, you you learn as you just, like, feel, like, I don't know. You can't do all of everything mm. forever. And otherwise you'll die. That's right. If you take anything out of today's episode, you might die. You die. Uh, so, more specifically, then, how many more episodes do you think you have in you before you quit this? <laughs> I don't think I really full ass this podcast. You, oh, I think you do. I mean, I not that I don't care. I but I don't. So have... this is the recipe for success. Like, have you kind of like dip a toe in, and you've got longevity? I think that's great. <laughs> But it's like I don't have a lot of other responsibilities on this podcast other than showing up. Yeah, you show up and talk for a couple hours. Yeah. And then... That is not – to me, that's not full-assing yeah. it. Somehow it ends up on all these other places. Yeah, that just like, that is me. <laughs> that's funny. Um, that's funny. <laughs> well, I think you're doing great. I think you well, – Thank you. As Ron Swanson would say, you're whole-assing it. 
Isn't that a Ron Swanson quote? Yeah, don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. Mm. I follow that with my life. I was just talking with someone at Ron Swanson. He's one of the funniest characters in the sense that he's nothing like real Nick Offerman, but now everyone thinks that's who he is. Uh Like, I can't think of another character where people are like, Mm. this is who you are, and he's like nothing like that guy. You don't think Michael Scott's like that? I don't think Steve Carell's like Michael Scott. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't think they're the... I think Michael Scott's way more. He's more Bruce Almighty. Evan Almighty. Hmm. Embrace the journey. No, um, <laughs> but I'm saying that they're not like each other. And you were saying Nick Offerman and Ron Swanson are not like each other. Correct, yeah. Yeah. So I was saying, that's another example. Oh, that's so good. Thank okay. you. <laughs> no problem. Uh, Steve Carell has a incredible range. Can we just, like, talk about that? We don't have to get into that. But I'm just saying, I just watched... in real life? Like, come on. I haven't seen that. Um, <laughs> the Patient. Did you watch that on Hulu? Oh, yeah. It wrecked me. The end of it was one of the worst feelings Ugh. I've had. It was like watching them. Have you ever seen Seven? No. It was connect it felt like that movie at the ending where I was like, oh okay, so I'm just gonna like cry now and like just not be happy. But I okay, I'm not skip like hit the like fifteen second skip if you don't want to hear what happened. I'm not gonna spoil it. One minute. <laughs> hit it a couple times. I'm not gonna spoil it. But um <laughs> I loved the the Sam character. Is that the the Guy, the, the, the kidnapper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought he was really. Good. I thought the. Whole, I loved the show. I thought. Like, it was but great. I, I felt a lot of pity for him and everyone. Else. <laughs> yeah, I, I am gonna curse him. real quick. Um, I, our friend, our mutual friend Aaron, we were watching it together, and I was like, I kind of feel bad for him, and he just goes, "That's because you're a f- angel." <laughs> <laughs> he was just like perfect. Really <laughs> and I was like, I just think he's trying to be better i that's why it was an interesting i empathized yeah i i felt bad for him the show ends i was like man so that's a different like i hated it but i loved it i thought it was one of the greatest yeah like i just didn't like the idea of how it ended i was really bummed i need happy endings and my body doesn't do well when i see things end in tragedy and sadness yeah, but also it would have been it would have been too clean if it. it would have been too clean, but that's why I like The Last of Us right now. The Last of Us is Everyone wrecking is my mind about right that. now. I need to watch it. Okay. Should we start another podcast where we just talk about TV shows? <laughs> I would love that. Um, well, actually, the Dirty Rotten Church Kids podcast that we had yeah, as a Adrian. guest, we had Adrian on. They and all their episodes end with sip, smoke, read, which is like they just say what things they're enjoying, mm. which is nice. Um, Share that sometime. We should add that. Not to take it away from them, but we should call it the same thing and everything. Yeah. Um, anyway, know. where did we? How did we get here? Steve Carell, Nick Offerman, <laughs> half-assing, whole-assing. I got there. We've come a long way. <laughs> I feel like. Yeah, I. We should put on the floor. Like you can just end it after like maybe <laughs> yeah. Dustin can come on and be like, "Hey, everybody, the the episode's basically over right now." <laughs> just so you know, we'll put in the show notes. Episode ends at seventeen fifty-five. <laughs> Um, I think these, I, so not everyone watches in the same right. or listens in the same way that we record them. We mm-hmm. do two episode chunks, right? Yeah. Usually. I've enjoyed these two. Me too. In the sense that I feel like I've gotten to know you better. Uh-huh. Uh, which I always appreciate getting, like, we've been friends now for almost a whole full year. More than a year. I met you in January. More than a year. Yeah. I thought I met you closer to Easter, I guess. I guess, no. So you're right. Yeah, I was like, why do you think I've only been to your church for two months? You came for a while. So I'm getting to know you better. Yeah. I always appreciate getting to know you better. <laughs> um, but also, I feel like you have hit interesting 
pressure points yeah. in me, like the things to think about. I feel like I've been able to push into some of those mm-hmm. on you, and I've found that to be really interesting just to, like, think through that for both of us. And so I've enjoyed these. Me too. 45 minutes that we've just spent together. Yeah, I have too. They kind of they kind of overlap, so I'd say – I mean, you're at the end of episode 38, but if you didn't watch them in order, you should. Yeah, we'll part one and part two, maybe. Maybe. Or not. We'll call this episode The Patient. (laughs) I want 37 to be called Why Am I So Sad? Because I just think that's a funny title. Okay, great. Okay. Um, (laughs) All right, Emily, send us off. Um, Everybody, thanks for listening and embrace the journey and watch The Patient (laughs) on Hulu. We're not paid for that.